Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. What's up, know-it-alls? You got stuff you don't need to know. Jay, let's get down to it. Quick question for you guys out there. Have you seen any good movies lately? I'm sure as everybody knows that on December 25th, Christmas Day, Wonder Woman 84 was released. It was released to the theaters, and it was streamed by HBO Max. And that's pretty much where I saw it, and I think that's where a majority of people saw it, is on HBO Max. And I'm here today to talk about the film. I'm going to give my review of it, and there will be some spoilers, so you have been warned. So the first Wonder Woman film uh, came out in 2017, and it came out to really rave reviews. Uh, In fact, a lot of people, and myself included, kind of saw it as the film that really helped save DC, you know, and the battles between DC and Marvel, you know, in the cinemas. I mean, let's be honest, before that, I mean, most of the DC films, you know, I I can't even say hit or miss. I mean, they pretty much were a miss for the most part. But it really seemed that with starting with Wonder Woman and then Aquaman and then Shazam, really seemed that DC had found its footing. So, of course, when the sequel was announced, you know, there's a lot of anticipation behind it. And, of course, there's also a lot of pressure on the filmmakers. So how did this film fare? I'm going to be very, very honest. For me, this wasn't a horrible film. It wasn't a great film. It was, I would say this film was a very mediocre film. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was kind of somewhere in between. I mean, I sat through it. There were some things that I liked. There were some things that I really didn't like. And I mean, by the end of it, I kind of felt, and I think the reason I felt this way is because there was a lot of hype behind this film, and I was really, really looking forward to it, I felt very underwhelmed by it. I mean, again, it's not the worst film that I ever saw. It's not the worst superhero film I ever ever saw. I'm looking at you, Green Lantern. But, you know, am I going to watch it again? Probably not. Um, You know, my daughter, who is a fan of Wonder Woman, she liked the first film. She really wasn't keen on seeing this one, and I pretty much told her... Pretty much what I told you guys wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was kind of mediocre. And I highly doubt she's going to see it. I don't know. Maybe if her girlfriend wants to see it or something, she'll see it. But let's kind of look at the good. Let's kind of look at the bad. And I'll give you my overall impression at the end. So the good. I think despite the script, despite the story, I think all the actors really, really, really gave a great performance. I mean, let's start with Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. To me, she is Wonder Woman. Is she the greatest actor out there? No, she's not. And there were some spots, some really key spots where I kind of wished she had presented herself a little bit better, acted it a little bit better, but I kind of knew that going in. I know that she's not the strongest actor out there, but I feel that physically she represents Diana Prince, um, the way she carries herself on screen. And for most of her scenes, you know, I buy her as Wonder Woman slash Diana Prince. I think she did a really, really good job in this film. Again, and I'm going to be saying this as I kind of look at all the actors and all the characters here, I feel that 
given the script that she was, she did the best that she could with it. Some of the things that I really, really did like about her portrayal of uh, Wonder Woman in this particular film is, you know, we know the basic plot here is there's this crystal out there that was created by some god. And again, I wasn't really very clear on that. And that's something that you're going to hear quite often, you know, a really weird, weak or strange plot point in the film. But again, this crystal can kind of grant you a wish, but there is a cost to it. For Diana Prince, her wish was to have Steve Trevor come back. The cost was her losing her powers. And the scenes where we see her realizing that and then struggling with that, struggling with the fact that she was losing her powers, but her being who she is, continued to serve as Wonder Woman, continued to go out there and try to get the job done, even though she knew she was now more vulnerable. She wasn't as strong. Her endurance was gone. Um, she still went out there and she did what she had to do. And I think that, you know, Gal Gadot really, really pulled that off. Some things that I kind of wish that we saw more of. First of all, what happened to the sword shield? When Gal Gadot debuted as Wonder Woman in uh, Dawn of Justice, she had the sword and shield. She had the short sword and shield, excuse me, in the first Wonder Woman film. Where was it here? Uh, I mean, it was totally, totally gone. I did appreciate her using the Lasso of Truth a lot more, and I really did love those effects, and I love the way she used it in the film, but I was really, really missing the sword and shield. I also did like the fact, even though the way it was portrayed and some of the lines that she was given, I did like that we saw her a lot more as Diana Prince, you know, kind of behind the scenes. It wasn't her running around in the red, white, and blue for a majority of this film. For a good portion of this film, Gal Gadot portrayed Diana Prince, and I think she did an excellent job of that. You know, um, granted, in a lot of the different versions that we've seen, especially, you know, if you're like me, if you grew up watching Linda Carter as Wonder Woman, you know, Diana Prince worked for the government. Well, here she works um, for the Smithsonian. She's uh, an not an archaeologist. She's like an anthropologist there. She studies relics and everything. And I really, really think, you know, her in that role, she did an excellent job uh, kind of seeing her go through her day to day, especially with her interactions with the newest employee at the Smithsonian, Barbara Minerva, Dr. Barbara Minerva. I think she did an excellent job there. That leads me into the next character, Dr. Barbara Minerva, played by Kristen Wiig. Now, when Kristen Wiig was cast, I think a lot of people were very, very confused as, you know, the woman who wrote and starred in Bridesmaids, she's going to play Cheetah? Really? I was pretty confident that she could do it. And I think, again, given what she was given script-wise, I think she did a great job with it. She didn't write this film, you know, uh, we can't blame her for that. I really, really think that, you know, given the material that she was given, she did a very, very good job with it. A criticism I have, and I don't think it's a criticism with Kristen Wiig, I think it's a criticism of the script, and I think it's a criticism of the director, is... Her portrayal of Dr. Barbara Minerva was, especially in the beginning, was kind of like this klutzy, nerdy, you know, they were really trying to go out of the way showing that she was very insignificant, you know, nobody knew who she was. It was very, very ridiculous. I mean, the scene where she kind of shows up to work, uh, you know, and I'm assuming it's her first day of work. And I guess the head of the department comes in and right in front of her says to Diana, she's like, have you seen this new hire, Dr. Barbara Minerva? And she's like, yeah, hi, I'm right here. Remember, you interviewed me like three times in the last two weeks. Okay, we get it. She's a wallflower. She's a nerd. She's nebbish. She's klutzy. But really, I mean, you interview a person three times, you hire them for a job, and you have absolutely no clue who they are. Like, they're totally invisible. It was almost like 
the director was kind of going for like, you know, well, you know, she's one of those klutzy, you know, nerdy kind of women. So let's just really, really overdo it. And I think if you ask Kristen Wiig to do that, she will do that for you. Again, I don't blame Kristen Wiig for the way that she portrayed Dr. Minerva. I blame the script and I blame the direction. You know, she did the best with what she was given. She did the best with the direction that she was given. When she begins to transition into Cheetah, again, I don't blame Kristen Wiig for this. I blame the script. I blame the direction. There were parts where she really did kind of ham it up a bit. There were parts when, you know, because it was supposed to be, again, you make a wish and, you know, there's a cause to that wish. You know, her wish was to be strong like Diana. She saw Diana as a strong, confident, beautiful woman. That's what she wanted. She got that. She basically became Wonder Woman's equal. And it is like that in the comics. I'm absolutely fine with that. But the loss was the loss of her humanity, the loss of her compassion. You know, she went from being this very loving and caring and warm person that Diana saw. And, you know, again, Diana's the one that sees it. Nobody notices this woman. But once she starts to kind of gain Wonder Woman's powers, when she starts to become Cheetah, you know, nobody realizes that she had lost that warmth and that's kind of like her sense of humor and everything like that because nobody noticed her. Again, not Kristen Wiig's fault. It's the fault of the script. But when she made that transition, again, it's the script. It's the direction. I don't feel it's Kristen Wiig that kind of hammed it up a bit and kind of, you know, just went from this warm and fuzzy person to this really kind of edgy and and really mean and cruel person. It was there was no real for me, at least there was no real slow transition. It just was kind of like they just said, like, OK, Kristen, you have to be like really mean and edgy like now, right now. And, you know, she's doing what she's told. She's following the script. She's following the direction. I think overall, I think she did an excellent, excellent job. The CGI, the CGI on Cheetah. Um, it wasn't bad, actually. I mean, look, I saw cats in the theater. I saw those cat people. Thank God it was not that. Um, I think they did a pretty good job with it. You know, again, it's, it's CGI. You know, I think a lot of people might have looked at Cheetah and sort of been like, well, I don't know. I don't know how realistic it looked. It kind of looked cartoonish. It's CGI, you know. I would rather it that than kind of trying to put her in a cat costume or something like whatever it is that they did in cats. I think they did a really, really good job with it. I really liked it. I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Chris Pine is back. Chris Pine is back as Steve Trevor. Like I said, Diana makes a wish. Steve Trevor comes back. First things first, this whole how he comes back thing. It's like he comes back, but he's in a it's like he inhabits another person's body. And once Diana realizes who it is, she sees him as Steve Trevor, even though when he turns and looks in the mirror, he does see somebody else in her eyes. And in our eyes, it's Chris Pine. Didn't quite understand that. And again, you know, the script didn't really bother to even try to explain it. I think Chris Pine did a great job as Steve Trevor. I mean, I really think, you know, watching that first movie, seeing him as Steve Trevor, he did an amazing job. He pretty much did it again here. My criticism is this, not so much in his performance or, you know, I, my criticism is why was he there? Yes, I know that that's her heart's desire. I mean, again, it all goes back to the script and, and, and you know, the script with this whole thing with a wish and, you know, it, it, 
it was ridiculous. It was just, it was just a ridiculous, a ridiculous plot point. There were so many better ways that they could have done this. Cersei. Cersei is a classic Wonder Woman villain. Cersei is a sorceress. She's like a trickster, really for, you know, just kind of describing her very, very quickly. It could have been better served it was if it was Cersei. If Cersei had come back and involved herself in mortal affairs, tried to ruin things for Diana, I would have bought that a lot better than, you know, finding some magic crystal. And, you know, especially when we get to the crystal and to the villain, Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord, it just becomes absolutely ridiculous. So let's talk about Pedro Pascal real quick. Again, <laughs> it's not the actor's fault. He didn't write this movie. He didn't write the script, you know, and he took the direction that he was given. He hammed it up. This portrayal of Maxwell Lord is absolutely and utterly ridiculous. It's very, 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 very distant from Maxwell Lord in the comics. The Maxwell Lord that I know is, uh, he's a billionaire, he's a smart guy, he's an inventor, he's not Lex Luthor smart, but he's pretty darn smart. He is a manipulator. Here, he's a two-bit con man, basically. You know, he's trying to get rich quick, and he somehow knows about this stone. He knows that somewhere it, it's, and again, this this whole plot point with this crystal that grants wishes and the fact that it's hidden in a jewelry store in a mall. There's a jewelry store in this mall in D.C. that does black market trade in antiquities. I mean, really? This, this is the best that we could do? Look, I get it. You're setting it in 1984, so you want to have a lot of these tropes of the early to mid-80s. I'm an 80s kid, you know, 1984, I was a teenager, malls were big, I get it. We could have done something else here. It's, it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. So starting with this ridiculous plot point of a magic wish-granting crystal, which is essentially a monkey's paw, which gets brought up a lot in this movie. I mean, that's basically what Wonder Woman 84 was. It was the monkey's paw with Wonder Woman thrown in there absolutely ridiculous it's it's really it's it's a big injustice to wonder woman herself um it's a big injustice to the first film i mean i get it sometimes sequels don't live up to the first film a lot of times sequels are better i mean this one i feel was really disrespectful to the first film a lot of great things were set up in that first film and then it was almost kind of like they forgot about all the great stuff that they did and it's sort of like well let's start over with wonder woman and now let's do this. Let's kind of make it a little more campy and a little more hokey. And why? You had a great setup in your first film. Continue it. I, I don't understand this ridiculous wish-granting crystal or whatever it is. It just made the film ridiculous. And like I said, it made the film ridiculous. And because of that, most of the main characters' performances, especially Pedro Pascal's, had to be ridiculous. I mean, the Maxwell Lord that I'm familiar with, yes, he's going to lust for power. He wants that power. But to have it come in the form of a wish-granting crystal that his big wish is he wishes he was the crystal so he could grant his wish of becoming rich, but then grant everybody else's wishes to kind of bolster his wishes but then it's like the you, you know since there's a price to the wish i guess since he's the wishing crystal he's like i'll grant you your wish but here's what i'm going to take from you 
I mean, it got really, really muddled. It got really, really, excuse me. It got really weird. I mean, he just suddenly became this like a maniacal genie almost that yeah he he wanted wealth he wanted fame but then after a while i was like does he still want that does he want to grant wishes does he want to bring about the end of the world it it just it, it just really really lost focus and the sad thing about it is is the film kicks off with a flashback to Themyscira and a young Diana learning some lessons about lies and truth and all that. And we learn later on about the real essence of the lasso of truth, where Wonder Woman herself says that, you know, she doesn't power the lasso. The lasso is powered by truth. You know, the truth will set you free. The truth will open your eyes, etc., etc. And the way, you know, the climax of the film with Maxwell Lord just drunk on power, granting everybody's wishes in the world, and he's about to bring about the destruction of the world, but he doesn't really seem to care. She uses the lasso of truth. She uses that lesson. And, you know, this is a really big complaint that I have is it's a great lesson. It's a great point to bring out, but the way it was delivered was absolutely ridiculous. And it lost it. Like it really, really lost its message. A great message of truth and the power of truth gets lost in a really hacked up hackanini script. Again, there were some good things in this film. I mean, the action sequences, as always, were absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, you saw it in the previews, but seeing it again where she takes her tiara off and essentially uses it as a boomerang, I mean, that was absolutely amazing. Her learning how to fly, I thought that was absolutely great. Uh, I, I think it was a great scene. It was a great callback to Steve Trevor, Steve Trevor loving to fly and basically telling her kind of the mechanics, but also why he loves flying so much leads her to develop her ability to fly the golden eagle armor oh my god i mean i saw it in the trailer i couldn't wait to see it and it did not disappoint i think it looked great i wish it kind of came in sooner and again that would have been a great time for her to use her sword and shield i mean to have her in the golden eagle armor with the sword and shield oh my god she just would have looked so kick-ass but again you know why they abandoned it, I have no idea. So overall, I think, like I said, pretty much at top, I mean, this wasn't a horrible film, but it wasn't a great film. It was a very, very mediocre film. I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'll give it like a 5.5, I think. Um, again, not looking at the script itself, but looking at the individual actors, I think all the actors did a great job. I think the cinematography was very, very good. The action sequences were very, very good. I think there was a good message in there. It was hidden. And, you know, I mean, that's just disappointing. I mean, from what I've seen, this film's not being well-received. Um, it's really kind of getting mixed to mediocre reviews. And I really hope that doesn't affect the franchise. I really would like to see them take another crack at it. Again, I think Gal Gadot is an excellent Wonder Woman. I would like to see her do it again with a much, much better script. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor, head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. I post pictures about the content that I talk about. Know it all. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys later. Do you remember when you were young?